Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome back to Raised by Giants, where we talk all things spirituality. I'm Ryder Lee. Tonight, we have returning guest, Chief Science Officer of C60 Purple Power and former MUFON consultant, Ken Swartz, speaking about UFO motherships, asteroids, and spy balloons, and much more. Join us now. Ken Schwartz, welcome back to the show. Thanks so much for coming on, my friend. How are you doing? Doing great and glad to be on. Yeah, I got to tell you, like I was telling you last time that you were on the show, that these C60 gummies are incredible. Whoever designed these, whoever made these and uh, came up with them deserves some kind of prize, an award. He needs to be employee of the year <laughs> at your guys' right. company. <laughs> yeah, yeah and, it, took, it took quite a while. We had a confectioner kind of make them that's uh it's it's a complicated it's actually incredibly complicated process people be surprised to put that much oil kind of in a gummy to fuse them together it's uh it's something that's pretty difficult yeah, and they're just these little uh little tiny um little gummies yeah they're, they're super nice yeah, and oh and we and we now also have them in sugar free so the regular ones just had like three grams of sugar about that's you know which is about the minimum we could put in and then, but now we have gum, uh, sugar-free monk fruit and allulose. So if you don't like the sugar, you can, a uh, little bit of sugar, we can always get it sugar-free. So that's on, I think we have them on sale right now on the site, shopc60.com. Yeah, the sugar is a little, little overwhelming, but you got to have some uh, sugar in there, uh, at least a little bit, you know, that'd probably be the most unhealthy uh, part of the, the C60. But um, yeah, I really like it and it's convenient. You know, I, I like the oil as well. The uh, avocado oil is uh, phenomenal. The coconut oil is great too, but these are just uh, perfect because all you got to do is wake up, take it out of the baggage. Yep. Put it right That's in your great. mouth. Yeah. The thing on uh, the olive, the avocado and olive oil, they probably hold the most. I mean, if you want to take a whole lot for like a huge dose, cause you got probably about two thirds of a dose in a gummy, whereas, uh, with with olive oil of course you can just or avocado oil you can just take it up usually for for guys like me that have a tablespoon uh, have a little bit of gray hair it's about a tablespoon a day mm-hmm. younger person like you might get away with like a teaspoon and a half or something yeah i have a roommate here that's giving his um his dog uh c60 and it's really helped his dog he said that because his dog had these um tumors or cysts kind of like all over his body and uh well her body the dogs are her but they've shrunk they shrunk down they're basically you can't even see them anymore oh yeah one of the things c60 does is it uh it stimulates mitochondria production which is you know the powerhouse the cells so it it powers up all the cells including your immune cells and so what they have the the atp because the mitochondria are the little organelles inside the cell and uh and they, they make uh, ATP, which is the energy molecule of the cell, it does like 95% of the metabolism. So if your mitochondria are doing well, then your bodies, then your cells are doing well, then you got good health. So because it's a C60 is an SOD mimic for that superoxide dismutase. That's like the main antioxidant mitochondria uses to get rid of. It's the worst uh, oxidative radical, which is superoxide. So uh, when you got when and there's no way to supplement it until C60. 
There just wasn't, there was nothing you could do. Cause you know, we can, there's four biggies. They're four big antioxidants. Of course, one is CoQ10 and you can supplement for that. And I'm not a medical doctor, but you know, I, I do it myself. So that's all I can recommend is for myself. And, uh, and then there's also glutathione, which, you know, now they used to, you didn't used to be able to uh, supplement for glutathione, but now they got some really good liposomals which basically means they put the glutathione inside like a little bundle of fat of, you know, fat cells, oil cells, basically, or oil molecules. And then it goes through your digestive system undamaged. So that, and like Quicksilver has a good, uh, a good product there. And, uh, and then, uh, but then the other two, which were SOD and catalase, there wasn't really any, any uh, substitute for because what SOD and catalase, they take care of superoxide, which is the most damaging oxidative radical in the body. It's like, it's like you know, what is oxidative damage? It's like your body rusting, right? So what could rust it more than an oxygen with an extra electron? That's like the most rustiest you could be if, if there could be such a word. And so, uh, so what do, SOD would take it and turn it into hydrogen peroxide. Then catalase would take it and turn it into water and an oxygen, right? Through the cycle. C60 does all, all in one shot. It just pulls the, uh, like the little molecules you can see in the back behind me it's uh it, it's kind of they're kind of unique they put hydrogen ions on the inside of themselves to like get a positive charge because that's what they like to be and so they just pull the electron off the uh, oxygen give it to one of the hydrogen ions turning it to hydrogen gas and it uh, and the C and the oxygen goes away back to be used in the krebs cycle or wherever the cell is going to use the oxygen and uh, the c60 resets itself again and again and again and again and that's why it's uh such an amazing antioxidant how often do you take it, Ken? Do you take, uh, do you normally do the gummies now or do you do the oil? Well, it depends. Sometimes I do the oil and sometimes, of course, it's kind of, you know, it's because the gummies taste so good that I don't have it. I switch to, uh, to having the gummies, but I still do the oil on occasion, especially if I want to take, you know, a measured amount, you know, a, a set amount. Because, you know, after three or four gummies, that would be probably passing, you know, that's what a little too much sweet there even if it's the unsweetened one they're really good you can hardly tell so uh so yeah it's uh yeah so you have to be careful on those gummies because they taste so good and and uh you could it's just a little too much yeah they do <laughs> taste uh, amazing and also this uh c60 skin i've been using this on my scarring uh on my face and some on my body and it really makes a difference how, how does the topical solution work differently than the ingestible gummies or the ingestible oil well it's pretty much one of the oil solutions that you have and it's just it's just that it's it's c60 oil is absorbed in your cells and of course the c60 comes along with it and starts up your mitochondria and it's an antioxidant like a lot of times like let's say if you get a mosquito bite you rub a little c60 oil on top of it about 20 minutes later it'll stop uh, itching or if you get sunburn you know sometimes you can and they uh they you can put it on there and it'll it'll take down the swelling the redness and also you won't peel it seems to yeah they actually did that's the well actually the first study that was ever done human study there's lots of animal studies i could talk about the botry study people have never heard about it basically here's a mysterious molecule discovered in 1985 given a nobel prize in 1996 for chemistry and then they didn't know what it would do so they tested on animals and it it increased animal lifespan by 90 percent so that but the first human test was actually for japanese women they put c60 in a cream and then the you know japanese women put it on their face they found that uh, c60 reduced lines and wrinkles in japanese women's faces so that was the first one and then the next one they rubbed it on hair and they found that c60 increased hair growth something like 18 percent, and it would bring back uh, hair that was lost for things other than male pattern baldness so it does slow down male pattern baldness, but it won't bring it back. So, but for other people who have hormone reasons, and there's a whole bunch of reasons people lose their hair, it's it's it seems to be very effective in those cases. Would you put the C60 on your hair after you get out of the shower and leave it in, or put it on? Yeah, before probably you after the if, if you were going to do that. So there, there's actually a, a, a product called Azir, and we help make the formulation, the C60 part of their formulation. And then they have the copper peptide too. So, you know, C60 keeps everything healthy and the copper peptide uh, helps do. There's a copper peptide floating around out there that you can get that uh, seems to be pretty effective at uh, increasing hair growth. But when you put it with C60, it's like peanut butter and chocolate. It just works so much better. So have there been tests ran on human consumption and the, uh, the rate of aging within humans like they were doing on the mice, like, like life uh, extension? 
I don't well, know, it'd be kind of it's be kind of hard to uh, to do that. You know, seeing humans live so long, it would certainly take a long time. Things that uh, we notice from our customers that oh, long term use of C sixty actually uh, increases average telomere length. And telomeres are little things that go on the end of chromosomes. They're like little strings for people listening that hold like a that hold like you hold, like a rope together. You have that string on the end so it doesn't fray. It's the same thing with the chromosomes, but when they get too short, then the chromosome can fray and Usually the cell has to go into apoptosis, which is programmed cell death. But then a lot of cells don't, and they become senescent or zombie cells. And so like they're pulling, you know, and when they go into fermentation, they they, they do it by get rid of, getting rid of SOD and catalase and glutathione and other things that they provide to the mitochondria to function. And they take that away. The, the bigger cell stops making that. And so the mitochondria have to be, go to, uh, uh, have to go to fermentation mode. Right, which is burning alcohols, right? It's like one twentieth as efficient as breathing oxygen, the oxygen burning Krebs cycle. And so when you uh, when you have that problem, uh, basically uh, they they you know they're producing alcohols that they're, they're poisonous to other cells, and they're just using up a whole lot of energy because it's very inefficient. And so when you take C sixty, C sixty goes in those senescent or zombie cells and restarts the mitochondria. And then the mitochondria will send messages to the nuclear DNA. That's the main DNA of the cell. And if they don't get the right message back, which they won't, if it's a senescent cell, they the mitochondria actually blow themselves up and it's called uh, apoptosis program cell death. And uh, they bring about the end of the cell, the zombie cell, so that healthy, and then you have a bunch of healthy cells left, and but you don't have as many. And so it actually stimulates the body to make more stem cells. So that's another thing C60 does. And that's actually the reason why Japanese women's face uh, you know, basically got rid of wrinkles because C60 increases stem cell number. And as your face is age, right, the cells die away and new ones have to replace it. And that happens with stem cells. And so the stem cells, if if you don't have, not having enough stem cells is why you get wrinkles in the first place. So when you get stem cell increase, then the uh, then you get uh, better hair growth. And it's probably, I mean, better skin skin tone and health. And they, and they did things like uh, they did. Uh, you can't ethically do a lot of tests with humans. You can do a lot with animals, but you can't with humans. So, but they can test human skin cells or other human cells in in a in a test tube in vitro, as they call it. And uh, and so they did one where they actually did skin, human skin cells and they exposed. You know, one got C60, the other didn't. They exposed them to like damaging level of UV radiation. And the ones that had the the C60, they they weren't damaged by that UV radiation. Whereas in controls that didn't, you know, they got severely damaged. They did another one where they actually uh, they actually took uh, human mast cells, and those cells release histamines. That's kind of part of allergies, why you swell up and all that. That's what histamines do. That's why you take an antihistamine, you know, if you have mm -hmm. an allergy thing. And so uh, so they found that C60 moderated the release of histamines in the cells and then and then that took it to animals where they found c60 prevented like the cytokine storm because they made had animals that would go into a cytokine storm if you exposed them to a toxin and or an allergen i guess in this case you'd call it and then with the rats the ones animals with c60 survive were the aphylactic animals so <laughs> they went away so that's another benefit and uh, they also did it with nerve cells they gave uh they gave ner human nerve cells they exposed them to a toxin of course the cells that had the c60 in them they weren't damaged where the control cells were. So it protects your brain. And uh, it's also a great hangover recovery. So if you take like a little shot before you drink and maybe a little <laughs> shot after you drink, it's uh, you don't have that hangover the next day. I guess that's a moral hazard, but uh, some people can appreciate it. Absolutely. So is there anything harmful in uh, C60 at all? Any kind of uh, additives? Because we know that other you know companies put different things in, into their C60. So oh, yeah. Yeah, that, that's the same. C60 industry is like the CBD industry, right? When it was a small, everybody in the C60, they made a quality product for their customers because they and their customers used it, right? Their family, it was a small, very small business, small, very small. And uh, and so uh, once it became popular, though, we have all these fly-by-nighters that they're selling products with no C60 in them or bogus ones like supercharged or ESS that's supposed to be a special kind of C60, but none of that's true. I mean, any C60 molecule, is just the same as any other C60 molecule. And it's one that doesn't have anything attached to it. It's like the natural molecule by itself. That's where you get the uh, the biological action. Does only dissolve C60, where whether it's uh, in oil or polyhydroxinated, which you can't really get, that's a laboratory thing. And uh, that's the only type of C60 that works. Things like particles don't work. Particles of C60, or you'll see people C60 in charcoal, right? Yeah, and there's in the burnt wick of your candles, there's like 0.25% C60. 
but you know, you'd have to take a bucket full of burnt wicks to get, you know, a C60 you get in like one gummy. So <laughs> it's probably not an efficient way of getting your C60. <laughs> so it's, it's thought maybe in the ancient times, people figured out how to refine that from, uh, from uh, things, you know, one of those alchemy secrets, but uh, that didn't really get passed down because it was around. So, so what you, but there's three things you want to look for in a C60 product. First, you want sublimated, or some people call it sublimed. Sublimated is the science term, C60. And that's, I don't know if you remember, you know, sublimation is the cousin of evaporation. If you remember from chemistry class, it's when a solid turns into a gas, then back into a solid. And uh, and so that's pretty common. And like so, a dry ice does that, carbon dioxide ice that you can buy. You see that just goes into a gas. And so you put basically put the C60 with the production ashes in the sublimator, heats it up, and the C60 turns to a gas goes to the other side of the sublimator where it condenses. And that's how you get 99.99% or 99.98% pure C60. It just just because just because the way it's purified, right? Just makes a naturally pure C60. And and that's the best, that's the C60 you want because there's a lot of C60 which is refined from uh they use methyl benzene, a known carcinogen, which also known as toluene. So it's it's a very powerful solvent, and that's what they use to do, to purify their C60. And then once they get the C60 after it's been purified, they have C60 floating in toluene or dissolved in toluene. They heat the toluene up and boil it off, basically. And then they have to repeatedly oven bake it to get the last of the toluene out of it or the methyl benzene. But you never really get all of it, right? There's always a trace. So there's a lot of guys selling 99.99% pure C60 out there. And uh, the other which that 0.1 is toluene, because when you get low quality C60 like that, you you it's 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 naturally or 99.5. Those just naturally come from the solvent based method because it's a less pure, you know, method. And so always sublimated C60 and 99.9 percent pure. And then the other thing is you probably want uh, the the good get the Goldilocks of oils. We chose olive oil. Everybody knows about the Mediterranean diet, right? And but I, I'm a little sensitive. So, uh, so I'm a little sensitive. So, uh, I, I, uh, you know, if I drank an ounce of olive oil, I might have to go visit the bathroom, right? So what, uh, so what we do is, uh, we, we, uh, we also, I also put it. I started putting in an avocado oil, which you see up there. An avocado oil has just as much C60 as olive oil, but it doesn't have the bite. A little less polyphenols, but it has really healthy oils. A nice, a nice balance of omega three and omega six, just like uh, olive oil. And then of course we have the coconut oil. MCT coconut oil. And for those who know about it, MCT means medium chain triglycerides. And your liver turns those into ketones, which your body, your cells in your body can use as a flex fuel. So if you're a, uh, if you've got some glucose processing issue or you're a, an athlete, you really like the MCT oil because if you, when you take MCT with C60, you get the energy boost from the NCT, MCTs turning into ketones, but you also get the anti-inflammatory benefits of C60. Oh, by the way, C60 is the only uh, antioxidant that can actually increase athletic performance. Talk to us about C60 sexy, Ken. Oh, Talk yeah. C60, C60 sexy. sexy. I don't know <laughs> if they can see on the, the video here, but uh, yeah, we do have a C60 sexy. This is our, yes, that's our uh, edible massage oil. And uh, we just decided that uh, we would provide that to our customers as a, uh, as I don't know, it's a, it's, it's a great, it's great for topical use. Uh, in all kinds of places as well. So we'll relaxing massages, deeper intimacy, and lasting connection with your partner. Heck yeah, yep. give me that C60 sexy can. Yeah, but you can just use it regular just any for any any sort of topical use. So it just doesn't have to be that. And of course we have the roll-on. And also we're gonna have a couple new products out there. Uh certain uh I guess cosmetic products we'll all say for women. And that should be coming out and guys too. They do you know some of I guess some of us, you know looking for those wrinkles. They're coming out soon. Oh, we also have some bling down there, you know, bottles and notebooks and cups and, you know, the standard stuff, some hats, I think the, uh, just the standard kind of bling that you got. So just, if you were to recommend something, Ken, for someone that their, their first time using C60, let's say that they've never used it before. They've never, um, you know, ingested it before. What would you recommend them get? Would you recommend the, the oil or the uh, gummies first? I'd probably recommend the sugar-free gummies unless, you know, because people are always excited about sugar-free and uh, yeah, just get the sugar-free gummies and uh, take two a day. 
to start out. We'll start with one, maybe the first couple of days and then start with two. If you can, don't, don't, don't go up to, and take them in the morning because C60 has a really energizing effect. I mean, that's why we, uh, that's why I can tell you a whole bunch of, well, I can't tell you, I actually can't say their names, but we had, we've had athletes go from mid back, mid pack to champions in their fields along with some racehorses. But, uh, but just letting you know, C60 is, is not banned uh, by any athletic association at all. So you can, uh, it's, it's, it can be used for your physical enhancement. Oh, and C60 is known to also increase libido. Because one of the things C60 does is it is my, break mitochondria work better. My, the mitochondria in your uh, adrenal glands, that's adrenal tissue has one of the highest levels of mitochondria because they got to make all those hormones. So when you take C60, C60 increases adrenal production. And, and that makes like the mineral corticoids, they regulate your know, blood thickness, the glutocorticoids, they regulate your, you know, your sugar balance. And then there's the androgens, which turn into testosterone or estrogen or progesterone, depending on who you are, right? And it is biological, by the way, folks. It's not a choice that you make. And uh, and so uh, so like we had a guy, seven year old guy. He goes to his doctor. He's got testosterone around three fifty, right? Which is you know not so good. So the doctor gives him creams. He's up in the low seven hundreds. And uh, then he starts taking C sixty. A couple months later, he goes into his doctor's and he's up to twelve hundred. So his doctor takes him off the creams. So that's the kind of things you see. And of course, if you had testosterone increases like that. Well, then you would uh, probably have a, an increased libido as well and increased muscle mass. Uh, that's another good thing for athletes. They can, when you get higher testosterone, it allows you to, and, and it allows you to build more muscle, but this is natural testosterone because you're not making it. The, the mitochondria are now, now taking that LDL cholesterol, the bad cholesterol, and they're turning it into and, and the proge progesterone, or no, promigalone and uh, then the promigalone is turned into testosterone estrogen or uh or whatever it is it could be a, the pineal gland could turn it into uh could turn it into uh, what is there melatonin and then they got the hypothalamus complex the human growth hormone t3 and t4 off the you know there's a whole bunch oh there's one thing though if you are on blood thinners you need to uh you need to uh, probably talk with your doctor before you start taking C60 to get more testing because the pregnenolone produced by the adrenal produced by the mitochondria, which is then turned into, you know, hormones. One of the hormones is the mineral corticoids that's produced in your adrenals, and they regulate along with the several other hormones regulate uh, blood thickness, as you call it. And so, uh, so if you take C60, the problem is the reason why your blood is thin goes away, right? So if you're taking a blood thinner and your blood isn't quote thick anymore, then you could have too thin a blood. So we we probably we would recommend talking to your doctor before taking if you're on blood thinners before taking C60. Anyone is interested in any of Ken's products, the amazing uh, gummies, the tart cherry gummies, get you some C60 skin, get you some C60 oil, some coconut oil, some avocado oil, some uh, C60 sexy. C60 sexy baby. That's what we want to hear. And uh, uh, you can use promo code giants 10 from the link in the description and you'll get 10% off your entire order. And I highly recommend these gummies. I, I haven't done the sugar-free ones yet. I'm going to try them next, but uh, these are incredible. And I take them in the morning. I take one in the morning every day. So highly recommend it. Check the link in the description use promo code giants 10 for 10% off your entire order. So Ken, we have a, a lot to talk about uh, here, not only with uh, C60 and all that, but there's a lot going on in the world right now. We got bank foreclosures, we got uh, China spy satellites, and we got this all this talk of motherships uh, that's <laughs> going to be <laughs> heading to earth. Uh, Lester Holt, I had Wayne Steiger on my show the other day, and uh, he said that Lester Holt said on um, uh, last week, last Thursday, that there's a mothership that's uh, approaching Earth that'll be here within two months uh, or two weeks. I can't remember exactly what he said, but what 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 would be the reason for them to say mothership? Is mothership like a code word for something? Do they use mothership as a code word <laughs> yeah. for like an asteroid or like a meteor or something? Yeah, well, I used to work with Jose Escamilla. He was a filmmaker back in the day. He he put out. He was a UFO filmmaker, and we used to get we used to get these videos from a guy with a twenty inch uh, re reflector telescope, and he, he just filmed the moon all the time. And we'd see all the time we had like objects flying between the Earth and the Moon. They were like sixty kilometers wide, a hundred kilometers, you know, across, right? Just and a lot of smaller 
ones too, right? But these these were flying all the time. He had like dozens of these pictures of these things going on in space. But the thing is, they move pretty fast. They were moving so fast, they'd be out of the solar system with no time. So if there's a mothership that's going to take a two weeks to get here, it's got to be it's got to be like a junker that's <laughs> running on on retard check because the ones that we've seen. Uh, like we we saw one where this uh, this white postage stamp thing appeared over the moon, and you could see the shadow of it on the moon's surface. So it was maybe a hundred kilometers off the moon or something, and you could see texture on it, almost like there was a city on it, something like a city on the flat postage. And it was there for like uh, half a, a second, maybe half a second, and then it blinked out and disappeared. And and the the, the shadow and the thing disappeared at the same time. So it was, uh, it, you know, it's hard to do. And this was back in the day when you couldn't do really. They, we didn't have the various sorts of image manipulating software that we had now. And so what was that? I mean, what was that? You know? And so, yeah, so there, there's stuff out there. But, you know, if they ever wanted to take us over, they could have done a thousands of times, right? So the fact that we're still here probably means we're in some sort of like galactic park or uh galactic playground yeah makes sense uh, but it's just really interesting that they come out and they start talking about this mothership that's approaching earth when just uh, less than a month ago we had all this uh chinese spy balloon stuff going on in, in the united states i think there was oh, like yeah. what four of them like shot shot down and then people are all theorizing that it's a actual ufo shoot down which the the, the pentagon the government never said that they were ufos they always said that they were well, balloons. they were no, they just shot down some weather balloons with a quarter million dollar missile. You know, <laughs> uh, how does that work? Okay. Yeah. And I mean, it's just, it's just, uh, I don't know. It's more fear porn. You know, they always had, uh, I think uh, you always talk, they always talk about, you know, one of their last things they're going to pull is the UFO card. So if you remember those, uh, those things, I think Warner Von Braun talked about it. He, you know, people would recall what he said and about what was good. First, they were going to, you know, those commies and gorillas, and then it was going to be terrorist. And then the final card was the UFO card, you know, the, oh, the aliens are coming. We have to take away all your rights and lock you in your houses and take all your money away, too, by the way, just, to, just because those aliens are coming. We have to protect you. So do you think that it was actual Chinese spy balloons that we shot down or was it something else? No, I think it was a, well the first one that big white one that was a that was a Chinese weather satellite. You know, the Chinese have have as many or more satellites, spy satellites in orbit, you know, that could read, you know, the writing on my coffee mug, you know, from miles up in space. They don't need to uh, you know, they don't need to put a, a, a spy balloon in. That was just a weather satellite. Remember it was really cold up it was really hot. We had like a, a big giant temperature inversion where the, they had that cold air came down. And it was like as cold as it's been, you know, for a long time. Well, the weather was just messed up in the upper atmosphere airflows because usually those things would just go around the North Pole, right? China's way up north, right? And so the weather just knocked a, a balloon off course and it came to the United States when it probably would have just floated over Canada or whatever. No, normally those balloons are designed to go up and they keep rising and rising and rising. And rising until finally they pop and then the payload falls off whoever it goes to but uh oh well you know and it got down here and then they shot it down the other three ones i think one was some uh somewhere in minnesota or michigan so there was a weather club and they put their own little weather balloons up you know with little sensors on it and that's what the military shot down and uh it may be a university research balloon and so uh but yeah not ufos which is which is really interesting because there was like four of them. There was one in Alaska. There was one on the border of Canada and the United States. There was one in Montana, and then another one I think in Pennsylvania, possibly. I'm not too sure. I'd have to look yeah. it up. Is it a possibility that these were our balloons? And oh then... yeah, they were our balloons. They were. They're all people are putting up balloons, weather balloons, all the time. Every day in Denver, they release weather balloons, little round weather balloons. They release them with little packages, which have, you know, telemetry so that they can tell what's going on. It happens in every city, every day in America. They're releasing little weather balloons and uh, with, with telemetry on it and, you know, and that they can, so they can tell what's really going on up in the atmosphere, right? So, yeah, they just, you know, if you just fly around, you're going to find some and shoot them down. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. But it's also funny, too, if it's our balloons, then why would they blame it on China and it being a Chinese spy balloon? I think that that's a pretty interesting fear porn. Yeah, you know, it's the fear 
porn. It's the latest fear porn, you know, whether it's something, you know, you got to do this for or, you know, uh, it's the, yeah, the, the UFO alien invasion or the commies are coming or whatever it is. You know, the Russians took shot down and took down an American drone. That's the latest thing. And uh, so it's just, you know, it's just it's just more fear porn. I mean, just turn on the evening news. It's it's pretty much fear porn and, and fear porn sells, though. You know, scary movies sells, fear porn sells. And so that's why if you turn on the evening news, but they found that if you actually turn off your television, it's the number one thing people can do to improve their mental health. The second is not going to social media sites, but. <laughs> that's impossible for us to do. What are you asking us to do, Kim? We can't do that. We can't turn off the social media. That's a step too far. Turning off the news is one thing, but social media is a completely different other one. But yeah. um, it was interesting because there was a lot of reports, like the headlines of Russia was that Putin shot down a UFO, just like we were being told in the United yeah. States that the military and we were shooting down UFOs and they weren't really balloons, which I think is another uh, made up thing. Uh, people just, you well, know, there's these articles that come out that say, oh yeah, uh, Putin shot down a UFO and then everyone starts to believe it and gets into all this UFO mess. Well, I could, it could shot down a UFO under dead flying object, but you know, there's, those were flying over Ukraine and Russia. And you could bet there's a lot of spy material flying over different sites of a, yeah, I mean, they're, they're doing huge amounts of it. So everybody's flying stuff over Ukraine. And if you shot something down that somebody sent up there, well, yeah, it would be a UFO. But, you know, it's probably a UFO with somebody's manufacturing mark on it. That makes sense how they can use the word or the title UFO for anything, right? They can be It can be whatever it is in the sky. And they can be like, yeah, yeah. we don't know what it is. So therefore, it's a UFO. And then people assume that it's aliens and that it's these extraterrestrials coming here and all of these advanced crafts. Oh, yeah, that's exactly what it is. Yeah, it's just an, it's, and the UAP. I think that's another. That's the other one that they have now. Change, change the, change the lettering, and uh, so yeah. It's, but it's just, it's mostly, uh, you know, it's it's just fear porn, and and uh, because they got to keep the people distracted, otherwise they start might think or start worrying about things like banks going under, you know. It's like three banks, you know. I, I don't know. I'm. You see these gray hairs here? I was around back in two thousand eight, two thousand nine, two thousand seven. So I remember how this went and it kind of started like this, you know, there, this, we lost, started losing banks in the spring and then they kept losing a little bit more in the summer and then came fall came and they lost Lehman brothers and uh, some other big ones. And of course, then they all consolidated and got bigger and did the same thing and nothing had changed. And so now it's the second time around and it's like, you know, bank blowout 2.0. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Do you, think, do, you think, do you think that this is going to create a snowball effect and this is just the beginning and it's going to continue to get oh, yeah. worse? Because uh, they've been talking about, you know, bailouts uh, for all these banks that's going to basically restore them. Um who knows? But I see this as a, if it doesn't snowball right away, then we're going to be feeling the aftershocks of this in a year or two years, and it's going to pick right back up again. So do you think that we're going to see continuous uh, failings of other banks after this? Well, most of the banks are technically insolvent right now from their derivative spores exposure. And then also they have reserves. They have reserves that uh, that they usually take out in treasury bills, tr long-term treasury bonds. And uh, the problem is, as interest rates rise, the value of a bond drops because it's it's not going to yield as much. So that's that's when you have long-term bonds. So all of these 
they bought they cashed up on their their reserve requirements on like bonds that are half a percent now it's five and seven percent whatever five seven percent whatever you're getting those treasury bonds at now and uh and so they just don't and now the bonds are worth less they don't have as many reserves and so if you get a run i mean no bank really has enough money to cover a run because it's loaned out right that's the whole process of it but basically they're just getting financially this this giant debt bubble has made them mostly financially the value of their debts is not worth the uh is not worth the basically the customer accounts that supposedly they had and as long as people are just putting money in pulling it out for everyday expenses that works but you know if there's ever a run it's just not going to happen so and so and and the debt bubble continues to grow because one of the problems is if you bail banks out right and just give give everybody their cash right that was there that's you're essentially creating more money out of thin air and you're pumping it in the economy and it's just like it's very simple folks inflation is not caused by higher wages or uh or you know people demanding more money what it's caused by is there's you have a money supply and you have a set of goods so if you increase the money supply and the set of goods remains the same then the price will a per good will go up it's it's like an economic law of nature and so because as they start bailing out if they have to bail out the whole banking system we have all these crashes they're just, they're going to flood a whole bunch of money in which is going to cause huge rising inflation but then the problem is if you have more inflation then you have to have higher interest rates on your bonds which means the bonds that everything's based on become even less. And so people go, it, the whole system goes even in for more of a red condition. So they're in a catch 22 situation. Uh, they're in like what they call the death spiral and there's really no way out of it. Which makes a whole lot of sense. And it seems like it's according to the plan because, you know, listening to David Dubayan talk about all this for many years and doing my own research as well, it seems like they just want to price everybody out. They want to rise inflation to such a high amount that it's, you know, $20 for a loaf of bread. It's $25 for a gallon of milk. And it's going to be so ridiculously expensive that it's going to be hard for uh, people to pay for groceries. And I think that that's going to be the start of this huge downfall. And based off of what you're saying is that's exactly what they're doing. By bailing out these banks, they're going to increase inflation to make it very difficult for people to go and purchase things. I mean, inflation has almost uh, doubled in food prices. Uh, it's almost the highest that it's ever been in American history yeah. right now. Yeah, don't believe the lies. There's a John Williams shadow stats. You can go there. It's online. And they actually do inflation the way they did it in the 60s, right? Once Reagan came along, they had a thing called Reagan-esque. Whenever an economic condition came out that they didn't like, they would just <laughs> change the parameters. Sorry about that. Change the parameters of what it was. And so it would uh, it would look to whatever it is. So you can't trust any economic data today that they tell you. The unemployment rate, the inflation rate, it's all lies, right? But John Williams' status stats, just go there and you'll get it. And so inflation like is running 17%, right? That's what it is. And then the other problem, like they knew that this day would come because their system has to crash. Because, you know, when they create all that money out of thin air that you have to pay back you know, through the debt-based money system, they don't create the interest you have to pay back, right? So, yeah, they created a $100,000 loan, but they don't have the interest that you got to pay that loan with. So that means more money must be being created out of thin air all the time through new loans, right? And and, and that process increases exponential, that wonderful thing. So but someday that very type of system must crash. It, it, it's inevitable that that will happen. That is the very nature of the system, that it just grows exponentially because you don't pay the interest. You got to keep adding on until finally the debt grows at or financial, you know, aggregates grow at such a rate that, you know, <laughs> it blows out and then they start up. Then they start the scam over again. So that's kind of how it works. Which is really interesting too, uh, Ken, is that it seems like the, everything that we have in our reality like the, the things uh, that we use on a daily basis isn't meant to last long, right? It's, it's just meant to be used for uh, a short period of time. Then it breaks, it, it stops working, and then you have to go buy an, a new one. So it's a double-double. They're hitting you with a double-double. They're making products that are garbage, and then they're increasing the inflation rate on those products. So they're making double the amount of money. If we just had things that would last in, in our world, I mean, look at like vacuum cleaners, look at cars, look at all everything that goes wrong with them in a very short amount of time. Like it's a, you can't help but look at everything like a, like a scam. Like you get a new phone, the next year there's a brand new phone that comes out and then they slow the speed down of that old previous phone and then it makes you go buy a new phone. 
Oh, yeah. That's, I mean, well, it's like the great light bulb conspiracy. People can look this up. And this is when they first, like, they, they have a light bulb in a, a fire station in Boston that's been continuous electric light bulb for uh, since 1906. It's been on continuously, right? So, and that's what happened when they first started making light bulbs. They found that these light bulbs would last, you know, 10 years, 15 years, maybe longer. But the problem is you sell somebody a light bulb that lasts 15 years. Are you ever going to be able to sell them another light bulb? No. So all the light bulb manufacturers got together and they created new standards. And the standards are that the light bulb will go off, off after a couple of years, right? And then you have to go out and buy a new one. Otherwise, they'd all be out of business because they could have made light bulbs that, you know, cost a little bit more. And you could make them cheaper, too, if they don't make them short. So that lasts for 15 years, but they wouldn't have a business model. So, I mean, it's like some of the, the hedge funds that were running hospital chains. They say, is healing, real, is healing people really a good business model? Right. Yeah. Those people run your hospitals, dude. You're in trouble. <laughs> Which then also gets into the theory about why hasn't, why are we still using the same stuff that we've been using for decades now? You know, really the only things that has really changed in our reality has been our technology, our way of life hasn't really changed, right? We're still using the same kind of microwaves, the same refrigerators, the same planes, the same trains, the same kind of cars. You know, there's just been little subtle differences in order for them to manufacture a new product and then push that product out to you. And we're still building houses in the exact same way. Is there not a better way to do this? Is there not a better feasible way that is better for everybody to be? We're still using the same pipes in our house. You know, we're still well, using yeah. copper piping. Like, why Why are we still using the same shit that we've been using for decades? And none of it's changed. Well, it's probably one of its social inertia. It's also the other fact that the corporate, the wealthy elites who own the infrastructure, they don't want change. Because let's say if a new energy source came out or something else radical came out, that means the value of their existing investments would fall. And, and, then, and they would lose money. And since they're the ones that run society and pay for the politicians, you know, because look, an average Senate race costs what eight million dollars now, right? Where does the senator get eight million dollars on his salary? He doesn't. Where does that that money come from? It comes from rich donors, and the the same rich donors that have been giving to all the other people because there's just, just a handful of super wealthy in this country. The people actually looked at the real concentration of wealth, and so they own the politicians, and they're the ones that have the money, and they've been, you know, it doesn't matter what you know. Democan or retardocrat gets in, you know, when you go, when it goes right down to it, the same corporations, the same wealthy individuals are paying both sides of the aisles, right? So they control it. That's how they control it. And, and, uh, you know, they may fight over things like abortions or gun rights, but when it comes down to like, let's say, uh, bailing out banks, well, they all step up and say, yes. So unanimous you know, decision. Yes, exactly. And so that's, that's when you see or like the uh, the thing. Oh, shall we keep bomb keep uh, troops in Syria? I think or whatever that was. Whether only two people voted for it or whatever, some ridiculous thing, you know. Or should stop bombing Syria or something. Oh well, because you know it's like that's that's who you know whoever pays the whoever pays the piper sets the tune. And it's so unfortunate. I mean, I if when you sit down and think about it, like really nothing has changed. We're still using the exact same kinds of products. Like, yeah, there's been new developments and, and changes of, you know, certain kinds of products, but they're essentially the same thing. We're, we're still using the same toilets. We're using the same sinks, you know, and it's like, there's zero, like the innovation of our way of life and the things we, that we use on a daily basis has not changed at all, but there's been this huge emphasis on, technology and the advancement of technology but if our way of life would have evolved and changed the way that our technology has evolved and changed i feel like we would be living in almost like a golden age of reality golden oh, yeah, age but of community the, but what that technology is being used for you know it's very narrow technology basically the ability to control and you know transmit and control information and uh because you know you're still that yeah you may have that new computer but it's still running off a coal power plant you know, and uh, that and, and and that computer maybe came in a, came in on freight on some rickety old railroad line. I mean, things are getting so bad here because they let all these uh, corrupt, uh, you know, oligarchic structures. We have oligarchs just like in Russia or Ukraine, right? 
were no different. And uh, they let them take over the railroads. And, you know, that's like what happened in Ohio. It was like a two mile long train and there was like two people on it or something. They were managing it, which is totally unsafe and dangerous. And the trail tracks, the money has not been reinvested in new rails. Look, China has 30,000 miles of high speed rail. Okay. The United States has zero. You know, Japan's probably got 20, 30,000 miles of high speed rail or kilometers, I should say, I guess, since it's in Japan. And the same, you can find the high speed rail in France and Germany and Belgium and even a little bit in England. But United States, zeros high speed. We, we're, I mean, the United States is really a, a second world country when it really comes down to technology. I mean, the last time I checked was years ago, but uh, our internet speeds were somewhere between Bulgaria and Turkey. And I'm sure we've fallen behind Turkey by now. So it's, it's yeah, it's pretty sad. And I think that our technology and our development has been our, like our way of life and the things that uh, we use on a daily basis, it's been covered up by the, the fact of our technology, right? Now it's like this, uh, you can get Starbucks delivered to your house, right? You can watch brand new movies directly on your streaming service on your TV. You know, you have all the information at your fingertips while we're really missing the important aspects of life. And that has overshadowed the the community aspect of our reality and, and society right they think that oh well i can get uber eats now i can get food directly delivered to my house now so i'm not gonna you know worry about any of that other stuff yeah, yeah well it's it's gotten to point yeah well it's, and, and we haven't you know the technological development really hasn't happened you know we may have the computers it's it's, it's like entertainment tech but that's about it it's like for instance it's like they what did the uh, they had that, uh, the, these very, like we get, instead of getting like a real space program, we have, uh, we have, you know, we have movies for it, you know? So I think there was one, India made a, built a rocket, built a satellite, put it, fired it up, put it in an orbit around Mars. Uh, and uh, for less money than it cost one of those recent uh, extraterrestrial movies uh, that they had, uh, I can't, which I can't remember which, what was the last one it was, but it was, it was for less money than that. Right. They actually, they, they actually put a satellite in orbit around Mars collecting real data, right. Real data about Mars, you know, pictures and weather data and all that on Mars. So, you know, it's where you want to put your resources. There's no, there's no reason why we wouldn't have, you know, all this other, we, there's no reason we couldn't have giant telescopes in space and really see planets around other stars, but it's not what they want us to do. They control society and they'll, you know, it's like the Rockefellers when they took over education and medicine in the early last century. You know, they they basically said we want people smart enough to run the machines and do the paperwork, but we don't want thinkers. Right. We don't want, you know, philosophers. We don't want that, that we provide that that comes from our class, you know, the, for the peasant worker scum, that's their box that they're going to stay in. And so that's kind of, you know, we have a very caste society. You know, we have people talk about race and all that. No, no, no. That's not where we're in society. It's like social class, that really super top social class that really does exist. But you'll never hear about it, not in the books, not in the movies. You don't even know that there's a, there's actually the super, super wealthy social class, which runs your society because they own the movies. They own the books, the publishing houses, and they don't let their portrayals of their existence even be seen by the people. So speaking of technology, Ken, where do you think the this is ultimately headed? I mean, there's a lot of theories and speculations of, uh, you know, cyborgs and integrating with technology and like an AI takeover. I mean, AI takeover is like a staple in this community, right? And it's just been compounded upon and compounded upon. Uh, so where is this really heading with us and technology? Like, what's the what's the next step? Oh, well, they're going to push, you know, the AI thing and all that because they want to make a technocratic state. There's been those technocrats that want to have, you know, like a total control state. I mean, look at China and how they have, you know, they have that uh, all their camera systems are all hooked together in one computer, which was actually, by the way, built by, you know, U.S. Israeli firms. Right. They actually built the grid in China, which keeps the Chinese people totally surveilled. And so, I mean, they had that thing where that newscaster went someplace anywhere and he just started walking around and they knew and they found him within, I think, 10 minutes. 
just by their facial recognition. This was years ago. It was like a thing and they were talking about it. And so, yeah, they have like that total control over populations if you're a tyrannical group. But the only problem is when you do that tyrannical control of populations, they're also not productive populations. And so yeah, eventually those sorts of, just like the Soviet Union collapsed, the same way these Zionist Anglo-American empire that we're living under now will collapse. It's just, it's inevitable. And, uh, and, and, and probably in very much the same way. In fact, I think we're starting to see like little glimmers of that on the horizon. You know, when the US dollar goes away as the world trading currency, and it will, and we can see that progress, that's pretty much it for the, the, that whole empire. When, in your opinion and speculation, do you think that that would happen by like, if you could, I know it's impossible to put a solid date on it, but within a range of years, when do you think that the dollar will completely collapse as the uh, the, the federal reserve, the global reserve currency? Well, it could be, I would say within four or five years at the maximum, but it could go a lot faster because one of the things, you know, they, they, they started that war in Ukraine to see they destabilize and damage Russia, right? <laughs> it hasn't damaged Russia at all. Russia's making more money now than ever, and its economy is completely undamaged. And so that that Ukraine war, and then the Russians are going to win the Ukraine war. So what is it, you know, so that they've gone away from that. Now plan B is war in the Middle East. Remember what happened, that guy named Saddam Hussein who started trading oil and euros rather than dollars? You know, six months, he was on the end of a rope. Then there was Colonel Gaddafi. He was going to make a gold dinar so the African countries could trade, you know, with a gold dinar and not need the uh, the U.S. dollar or European banks. And, uh, well, it wasn't too long. He was gone, too. And just recently, I think at uh, one of those economic forums, the foreign minister of Saudi Arabia announced that they were going to be trading oil in yuan, the Japanese currency, or renminbi, I guess, the international currency, uh, gold, and a variety of other uh, currencies. Which is that was the whole basis of the petrodollar, which held up the American stability, is that the Saudis and therefore the other Gulf states would only sell oil in dollars. And that's what kept the petrodollar. Well, now they just announced. So, you know, what just happened a couple a month ago, they're a big uh US Israeli uh uh exercise out on the Mediterranean there. And and so and so, you know, and then Saudi Arabia and Iran got together and the China arranged it because China's their biggest customer. And so, so if you think about, you know, what happened to Saddam Hussein and, and uh, Colonel Gaddafi, well, if the Israelis launched an attack on uh, Iran, wouldn't that pretty much shut down all the oil flowing out of the Middle East? And then, and what's the number? And so first off, that'll destroy the Saudi economy, right? Because they have to have that oil to keep their people happy. The Saudis don't have oil money coming in, their whole society could collapse. And of course, you know, what happened to Saddam Hussein? Colonel Gaddafi, MBS, maybe you'll be the next guy in that book. And uh, and then also oil, that oil goes to China, right? And India that are part of the BRICS. They've been causing problems, you know? And so if you cut the, uh, so that's like killing two birds in one stone. So they, can, they can't attack China over Taiwan or weaken their economy, but if they cut off their oil supply, a big hunk of it, that has severely damaged the Chinese economy. So, and then they get that whole thing with Iran, Saudi Arabia going and, you know, or the whole Gulf War. So that's probably, that looks like plan B is war in the Persian Gulf or Israeli-Iranian war. So we'll see how that goes. But uh, so the big question that I think everyone would have, and there's been a lot of speculation on as well as what replaces the dollar, the uh the petrodollar that we've been using for a really long time. There's been theories and speculation that cryptocurrency is going to replace it, this blockchain back to digital currency. So in your opinion and your thoughts and your ideas, what do they replace the dollar with when the inevitable collapse comes of the dollar? Are they going to replace that with a gold-backed currency? Is it going to be a digital currency, a blockchain currency? What's going on there? I think what it'll be, it'll be a BRICS-based currency that'll be weighted like a little bit of yuan, a little bit of uh, rubles, a little bit of rupee, you know, the, the things. And so basically, it'll be the yuan will become the renminbi, which is the Chinese name, the name for the Chinese international currency, will become the world trading currency. But it'll probably come as a clump block because, you know, that, that allows you to, because if you have that clump, then you can trade with China, Russia, or India, right? And that's most of the world, right? Where does most of the world get its stuff, right? those countries. Asia is the main in industrial production. So that's probably what it'll be. It'll be just basically the renminbi with a couple of hangers on will become the new world trading currency. 
And then the U.S. will be, you know, just another re another national currency. And well, it's actually we don't actually have a U.S. dollar. We have a Federal Reserve note, which is the Federal Reserve is a private bank and it creates private currency. So that currency technically in your pocket, even though it's printed by the Treasury, is not a U.S. Treasury note. It's a it's it's a private currency that uh, that the Treasury is forced to print. Not that so the government is subservient to the Federal Reserve Board. And so that's why, you know, the, why does Congress do what's told? Because the Federal Reserve runs, you know, the people that own the Federal Reserve run our government. We, our, our elections are farce. And as we found out in the last election, you know, but uh, it's, and so, yeah, so that's, that's basically, so what they're going to do here, I don't know. Because you see, the thing is they print money out of thin air. And when you have the world trading currency, right? You, other people have to use your dollar. You know, if, uh, if Brazil wants to trade with uh, China, or, or or Japan, right? It has to use U.S. dollars to do that, or that's the way it used to be, right? So they have to give us stuff for those U.S. dollars for the privilege of trading with each other, right? So uh, that's that's kind of a raw deal for them, but and so but we're basically getting stuff for free by being the world trading currency, right? And so when that goes that privilege goes away because the various neocons have been using the dollar as a club on every country they could, you know, they got. Well, they got China under under sanction, some sanctions. They got Russia. They got Iran. They got Cuba. They got Nicaragua. I mean, you know, <laughs> they got like half the world under some sort of sanctions or other. And well, people don't want to use that that currency anymore. They want something that doesn't get sanctioned that they know that they're going to be a trading with them. So when that goes away, all that inflation that they've been basically paying for the U.S. military with all this printed money that other countries have to do, it's like when the Soviet Union fell, right? They had all these giant armies and the 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 boats just rusted in the harbor till they sank, right? There, there are vast armies of tanks just rusted in the field, right? The planes just fell apart because there was no money to do do it because all that money, you know, that they used to have with their empire went away. And the same thing's going to happen with America. Basically, the U.S. dollar will drop to, or the U.S. Federal Reserve note will drop to a fraction of its cost. And I mean, and, and basically the best choice for humanity, for Americans is basically to replace their government. I think there's something like that in the, the Declaration of Independence that you could read. And it's really gotten to that point. I mean, if you right now, it's, oh, it's kind of bad. But, you know, <laughs> when it gets really, 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 really bad, I mean, is that when people are going to rise up and say, no, we need a new we need a new government. And, you know, exchanging one Democan for a retardocrat is not uh, is not going to get it because they're both on the take. So you need you need a whole new system or you, you need to clean the system, basically. And uh, and set in a whole another set of representatives that isn't just paid for by the super wealthy elites, but you know, yeah. You know, but basically, you have to pry the levers of power out of their cold dead hands. Sorry, that's what it's going to take. Which makes me think like that this whole system is just a part of the plan, right? That yeah. that that the collapsing of all of it is because they're lazy. They're be, they've been lazy for the past, you know. Uh, well, really, 10 years, they've been lazy with everything that they're doing, and people can see directly through it. So what's the uh, the, the angle here for being so lazy with their propaganda? The only thing that I can think of is that they're purposefully manufacturing a collapse. Well, I would say it's an inevitable part of a historical process. I mean, just look at George Bush, George Bush versus W. It's, it's like a degeneration of the generations. And so, you know, George Bush, you know, the senior or whatever, H.W. Bush, he was an evil guy, but, you know, he was a competent evil guy. <laughs> then we got W, and uh, which is just, you know, was kind of a joke. And he had Rummy and uh, and uh, Rummy and Cheney running him, right? Dickie from Rummy and, Dick, Rummy and Dickie running him from behind the scenes, daddy's boys, right? We were still in that competency, but the but that level of competence is gone. They just those, you know, it's like the Communist Party in China is their grandkids are those top leaders. They they all move to the United States and drive fancy cars around from all the money they skimmed off the top of the system. So, you know, and that that's it's sort of like decadence, and they just don't have a they just don't have a, a replacement class that has the competency that they had before. So basically, through social processes, they're you know, they're just falling apart. Because, uh, you know, look at all these guys, the current administrations, uh, you know, Blinken, Sullivan, Newland. I mean, these people are so narrow. They have no 
they, you know, they, a lot of the servant classes, there's one thing, the super wealthy, but they're a tiny elite and they don't do the work. The servant classes, you know, they have this whole structure. You have to jump through all these hoops on their way up. You know, you have to never get the bad score, never do anything wrong, never do that. And then these type of people that are going in that thing, you know, they'll take, if they go to college, they'll take like 101 history and 101 science and 101 ever and everything else on whatever that selective major is. So they get the highest level scores, you know, and, and then they, when they get out, they go to the right, you know, uh, I don't know, apprenticeships or whatever you would call that, uh, that they have and, and, and then on and on. And so when you get that, that type of people get to the top, they, they have a very narrow understanding, not like before, right? We had different type of education system, different kind of social system. So these people, they know whatever that one thing is very good, but they have no, they have no personal life experience. They have no historical experience because they don't hear it from their grandparents ever. They have no educational experience because they took all those 101, 201 classes, the simplest things. So they're basically have no clue what the hell's going on. And then you put them in charge. And of course they run the ship on the reef. It's just like, you know, you can, uh, you know, you can take over some big old boat, right? You could be a, a pirates and take over a boat, but if you don't know how to use that boat or run it, you just run it up onto the rocks and destroy it. And that's basically what you know, happened in the United States. A bunch of criminals came in, criminal cartels came in and cabals came in and took over the United States and then they were running it and then they just ran it right into the rocks and sank it. That's really probably the closest analogy. And they're just stupid right now. They're just degenerate and stupid and they're just doing stupid things. All they know is how to do one thing. You know, it's like hit, hit countries over the head with a dollar. Well, then the dollar goes away as a world trading currency. And then what do they have? They have nothing. And we have hyperinflation and, and, and that's, and that pretty much that takes out any government. So what can we expect for the rest of 2023? Can we expect more of this UFO threat narrative stuff? Can we expect more mothership talk and uh, more rumors of wars happening? Uh, what's your expectations for the rest of this year? I would say yes. More, more of the same and more of the more, right? More outrageous, more whatever. I mean, they got to come up with distractions and fears. You know, to keep the population, you know, if people are in fear, they can't think. So, and they're distracted, right? Their focus is, well, gone and, and they're on the frontal lobes anymore. So, yeah, they have to do that to keep people's eyes off what's really happening. I mean, for, if you're a smart person, I basically, or you want to be prepared, you know, having a good supply of food on hand, you know, a source of where you can get some purified water, uh, you know, maybe cash on hand. I mean, just in case, you know, because what happens if the plastic stops working, right? How are you going to feed yourself, your family? You need to be prepared. And, you know, David Dubai talks about all this all the time. It's nothing your, your listeners haven't heard before. And it's just really important. And, you know, the world that sun will shine the next day, they'll blow this system up and then a new one will come, which will be better than the one that we had before because those crooks will be out. And we can actually, if we had an honest system in which people rewarded for their work and their productivity, then uh, people could have really good lives. Because uh, back in the 70s, you know, you don't remember it, but I do because I'm up that age. You know, the average American made four times what they made today. So take what you're making right now and times it by four. That's how, you know, one guy could like go to work and the wife could stay home and take care of the kids and do all that stuff. Because that's the way society was set up. But today, all that money goes, you know, it's, it's I mean, we're almost already to the World Economic Forum world where you own nothing and be happy. Well, we almost own nothing and we're not very happy. And, you know, your money goes up to the government through all those taxes. You you just see your little IRS taxes coming up here pretty quick. But there's a tax on everything in the step. So if you add it up and then the interest payments, which is a tax by the banksters on you, then, uh, you know, 70, 80, maybe more percent of what you make is going into somebody else's pocket. So if you were able to keep, you know, 90 percent of what you made, like in the old days, then, yeah, you could have a prosperous life, too. I agree so much. Thanks so much for uh, coming on back on my show, Ken. I appreciate you a lot. Where can people get or if they would like to purchase your products and uh, get C60? Well, they could go to shopc60.com and that's shopc60.com. But there's also another place you might want to go to, and that is whatisc60.org. And that's because we can't, we can't, we've posted all the human studies, right? Or human cell line studies. Because that's something we can post. But, you know, three-letter agencies say we can't. So all the animal studies and the human studies and like a little, a little a bunch of C60 companies got together and kind of made an industry site, like a nonprofit 
where all the information about C60 can be. So you can go to whatisc60.org and you can learn about the good C60, the stuff that isn't effective and, you know, industry hit pieces. And it, it sort of lets you know, have all the human and animal studies and, and learn what C, the real benefits of C60. Awesome. Thanks so much. The link to shop C60 will be in the description of this video. And if you use promo code Giants10 from the link in the description, you'll get 10% off your entire order. For everyone else, thanks for watching and listening. Much love to everyone in the chat. Please be sure to hit the thumbs up button to help the channel and the YouTube algorithm. Share, subscribe, and hit the bell icon as well for notifications. The links to all of my uh, other platforms are in the description as well. Please be sure to subscribe on all of the different podcast platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts. Uh, Rumble, Odyssey, and Rockfin. Thanks so much, Ken. Appreciate your time here this evening. Love to have you back on sometime here in the future. We can get into all kinds of different things. And well, Looking forward to it, and I'm sure there'll be plenty more to talk about. Absolutely. And remember, we're not only in a spiritual war, but a war on humanity. Stay aware, stay alert, keep loving your heart for everyone. Stay safe out there. And if you can see through the illusion, you are the solution. See you guys next time.